Hello boys and girls ladies and gentlemen this is Nishant and welcome to another episode of the Nishant Gurg show This show is for people who want to live a fulfilled life through mindfulness practices and personal transformation My job on this show is to invite world class performers to share the practices to live a fulfilled life This episode guest is Carol Spears and in this episode she is going to share proven tips on managing stress in a turbulent world and in uncertainty Carol's credibility is rooted in 25 years of success as CEO of a leading UK stress management consultancy working with equal success both in the UK and the Gulf. She is a well-respected authority on building resilience and communication skills, a BBC guest broadcaster and the author of Show Stress Who is Boss. Carol is an international motivation speaker and is regularly called upon by the national press and media for comment she is chair of the international stress management association and founder of international stress awareness week and now let the episode begin carol welcome to the show again thank you very much indeed uh this is the last part of our series part 4 of the oh. series I know, I know. It's been a great, it's been a great series, and thank you very much for the invitation. My pleasure. So, our today's topic is how we can manage stress and uncertainty during COVID nineteen. And COVID nineteen is still there; it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Looks like there is a lot of uncertainty and stress in the world. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? How can we manage our lives in this stressful situation? I broke. You broke. Well, I think you might say we're not going to take more responsibility for our lives at the moment, but it's not always going to be. But for the moment, it's very important to think about how we can manage our home and how we can manage our work. And actually, they're one and the same now. And this is the challenge because they are one and the same. So therefore, most of us are working most, not all. Most of us are working remotely from home, and that, as we have said before, causes its own challenges. But it's also a part of actually. being aware of how we can manage our own stress levels and just being aware of what causes us stress at home and how we can actually manage some of those stress levels accordingly and sort of managing our pressure before it becomes stress because if we look at the definition of stress stress is excessive pressure so pressure is what you can manage what you can cope with pressure is within our control pressure is good for us pressure gets us up in the morning and pressure is a motivator stress is the opposite of that stress is actually outside of our control inability to cope not feeling well not sleeping at night um eating too much or too little and so therefore it's how can you manage your pressure before it becomes stress because pressure is good we can thrive on pressure that's the most important thing to remember it's just that we have too much of it that's when it starts taking us in the stress zone which is where we don't want to be and today nishant with all the challenges that there are around there are more and more challenges about how to manage stress how to handle to manage the pressure before it becomes stress so whether that's going to be children at home uh working from home schooling for kids relationship problems and possibly even bereavement these are the kind of challenges that we didn't have before all under the same roof of course we've had those challenges before 
but not necessarily all at once. And I think the thing is, if we look back, you know, Nishanda, over the past few weeks since we've been doing this series, we can actually see that things have changed for us as people. We've actually probably changed in our own way as well. We're not, we are not the same today in April as we were in March. We're not the same person. Life has very much, life has changed for us in many ways. So what maybe used to cause stress for us before, maybe no longer does, or maybe there are new stressors, you know, balancing home and work in a small flat with young children is not easy for anybody. You may not have your own workspace. You may not have somewhere where you can actually go to your laptop quietly, no interruptions. So we had to get used to a completely different way of working. And that in itself can cause stress. Uh, do you think uh, we are used to of being stressed out or having pressure because it's been a few months being into the COVID-19? I think that, oh, have we got used to it? I think in some ways we have. In some ways we have got used to, which was abnormal now becoming normal. This is our new normal. <clears throat> This is what we're experiencing. And our new normal means that we have got used to it to some extent. It happened very quickly. That was the challenge because we human beings usually like to do things one step at a time and not too fast and in due course, you know, those kinds of words. Well, COVID-19 didn't give us that. Overnight, everything changed, literally overnight. So within a week from where we were to where we became, where it took us was a very, very different ball game. And how can we help ourselves at home, at work, with, with managing pressure? Because stress comes from pressure. Well, stress is excessive pressure. Um, it's know what actually causes your... Know, know, know what actually causes you stress. Everybody has different buttons that cause them stress. You know, we always say that, you know, your nearest and dearest know how to pressure buttons. Well, yes, that's very often is the case. And I think that in a situation when we're working at home and we're living at home, everything's happening at home and the children are at home or we're living by ourselves, it doesn't make any difference. Wherever you are, you're going to be impacted. So if you're by yourself, you can experience loneliness. If you're with children, it could be just too much. So it's know what actually is going, know what are the things that are causing you stress. And if you're living with people in a household, negotiate with them, talk to them. Not when you're shouting and screaming, screaming about something, not when you're cross, not when you're angry, but have an open conversation about what your particular needs are. What do you need from that person? If you've got young children, you may need to have three hours when you can work. So then three hours when your partner can work and vice versa. So it's really knowing what is actually causing you the stress at home because at home and work is one of the same. And this again comes down to the communication, having, having good open communication with the family members. It's vital. Having that communication is vital because people need to be aware of what it is, what's going on in your, inside your mind and how you're feeling. A lot of clients will say things to me like, well, you know, I didn't tell my husband, I didn't tell my wife. And I'm saying, like, why didn't you say anything? Well, because he knew or she knew. And I say, well, they don't know if you don't say anything. So therefore, it's all down to open and honest communications. And not assuming, the, things. Not, assu not assuming things. Not assuming things. That's right. 
So therefore, it's having that open communication and having empathy with the other person as well. Have empathy with them. So therefore, they're not necessarily having an easy job themselves. So have that empathy with them because if for you it's causing you angst and anxiety about this uncertainty, the chances are it's causing angst and uncertainty, un angst and anxiety for the other person as well. So a sharing of that is so important. You know, Nishant, a lot of people share with me because I'm a therapist. Well, you can share with your partner, but not every partner is a great listener, as we well know. Not everybody listens attentively. Some people are great speakers. Some people are great talkers. Some people are great, great at giving advice, but not necessarily good listeners. So it's actually find the person who's going to be the right person for you to actually um, make sure that you listen to in a way that you need to be listened to. And listening is, listening is the key here and listening with empathy, perspective taking. And everybody is different. They, they handle stress in different ways. Do you suggest any practice or any mindfulness practice to reduce our stress and anxiety? What can we do in our body? I think mindfulness is a phenomenal skill and technique, phenomenal skill and technique. It's not necessarily for everybody. Not everybody can get their mind into it, but nevertheless, it gives you the opportunity to switch off. It's an opportunity to rethink things, an opportunity to appreciate what is going on at that very moment. You know, you go for a walk, appreciate what's going on, the trees, the flowers. We're now in April. Everything's coming out to value what it is that you have for that moment. Enjoy the present. None of us realistically know what's going to happen in the future and how the future is going to be. But we have got control and we can enjoy the very moments that we have when we actually talk to ourselves and really cast our minds, just talk to ourselves and reflect on what it is that we do have to be grateful for what we have. I know it sounds rather trite sometimes, gratitude, and you hear it all the time, but actually we really should be grateful and appreciate what it is that we do have and value what we do have. Because even though in this dreadful, dreadful time and difficult time and challenging time in which we live, we, do, uh, we should be grateful for what it is that there is around us. And mindfulness will help us to do that by living with and enjoying those present moments. Because during these times, we cannot control outside of our circumstances. And gratitude allow us to tap into what we have and feel appreciative of everything we have. It, it, can, be, it can sound corny, but it is what it is. We can't change COVID-19. We can only try to do what we can during the circumstances. And that requires being resilient. Being, and people who don't know about resiliency, it's your emotional bounce back factor. How, how long do you stay in that emotional rut? You know, we all, I had a stressful day yesterday. I was thinking too much. I was over planning. I was, you know, then I left everything and then I relaxed you know, being emotionally resilient. Everybody has different ways of doing it. So what's your thought or opinion on increasing our emotional resilience or mental resilience? Uh, yeah, I think both are key. Both are absolutely key because within COVID-19 and any crisis in which we go through, some people will come out the other side of it and some people won't. I don't mean the people who die. That's out of our control. I mean, the people who may not find that inner strength 
And in order to be emotionally and psychologically and physiologically resilient, you need to find that inner strength from inside you. And everybody has it, but not everybody can access it. Some people need to go and speak to maybe a therapist or a coach to actually find out where it is. Other people may want to write, read a book. But we have seen over countless, countless years in history, there are people that come out of the most horrendous, horrendous situations where others haven't. People who've actually believed that fact is that their, their life was for a purpose and they've come out the other side of it. And yet others gave up. Wasn't their fault about giving up. It's just that they didn't have that emotional resiliency. And sometimes you have to tap into it and it's very, very deep and you have to really seek it and really need to find it. And it could be all sorts of ways that you do that. Uh, is there any practice that comes to your mind to cultivate resiliency? I think that it's, first of all, you have to have the right attitude and mindset about thinking, <clears throat> what was this about? What was the purpose of what we're going through at the moment? Uh, what is it that we can do about it? What is it that we can't do about it? Focus of what's focus on what is inside of our control rather than what's outside of our control. If you only focus on what's inside of your control, it's what, uh, focus on what's outside of your control, it's wasted. It's not, you can't do anything about that. Focus on what you yourself can do. Mix with the right people, the people that are going to make you feel good about yourself. If you only mix with negative people, the chances are they'll pull you down. So if you're going for your walk, listen to a podcast that's going to energize you. Listen to a podcast or an audio book that's going to motivate you. So you may have a difficult time at home. Well, then just put on your headset, go for a walk for an hour, and then just listen to something and you'll go home refreshed. That way you're tapping into your own energy levels. That way you're finding your own resiliency and building on that. Because there are tough times that we're going through and Nishant, there are tough times ahead. The people that will focus on themselves and their purpose and their belief in what they're doing will the people will come out the other side of this. These are really good practices going for a long walk. One, one of them is journaling, thinking about the gratitude, listening to an audio book. I'm curious to know what other practices do you have in your personal life to stay calm and resilient in this life, in this COVID-19? Okay. For myself, I will... If I'm working during the day at home, obviously, and I'm quite strict with my time at home, which means when I go out, I build my time and when I go out for my walk into speaking to people. So therefore, when I come back, I part, I'll say to them, well, how many people have you spoken to today? And it could be two people, three people, but they're quality conversations, not a quick hello, how are you? Yes, you can do that as well, because obviously you want to know how people are. I understand that. But if you really want to make time to speak to somebody, do it away from the office, away from home, take yourself out of it. Because those quality conversations, A, are of value to you, but they're also of value to them. It makes somebody feel worthwhile, important, the fact that you've made some time to speak to them. And this is a lonely time, whether you're living by yourself or with people in a, a family, it's still a lonely time because we're all having to manage a difficult situation, a difficult set of circumstances. So therefore, 
it's really choose whatever works for you. What works for me is communicating with other people. What works for me is listening to classical music. What works for me is listening to an audio book and just catching up with that. Things I might not have done otherwise. Or somebody may send me a podcast. And I think, oh, that's really interesting. Haven't got time now, but you know something? That's coming with me on my walk. And I look forward to it and I flag it up. So when I go out for my walk, I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. Look, somebody calls me in between times. It's lovely. But otherwise, if I'm just by myself, then I have got something to keep me company. Or, do you know something? I do nothing. It means I just walk and I look around. I look at the houses. I'm speaking to more people in my street. It's a very long street than I've ever spoken to before. Because if someone's on, in, on the front path or on their doorstep, then you say hello to somebody. When would we ever do that before? Our whole pattern of behavior has changed, completely changed. However, I'm still being very careful about not going near to anybody. It's so, maintaining so truthful distancing. Two meters, I know, I've got me two meters, I've got that. But even with that, we have our eight o'clock when we do our clapping for the NHS. And even what is then, NHS? National Health Service, okay. all our frontline care workers. So this has a bit of become a tradition over the last three weeks. It's one person's idea that at eight o'clock on a Thursday night, we'd all clap for the National Health Service. They're all our frontline care workers. Well, do you know something? For that our tiny idea, somebody doing it, like usual thing, is, is now taken off and it's gone viral. So every Thursday, eight o'clock, I'll go for a walk. I walk down the street. And then as people, they're, they're, they're banging drums. They are putting a stick against a tin, um, any noise you like, and everybody's clapping and cheering, and it gets onto the news. Well, do you know, because it's, it's something a little bit different. We seek, we, we seek these, the good stories, the success stories, the stories that make us feel that we're doing something, make us feel we're doing something. Yes. And uh, purpose is the main thing to remind ourselves about our purpose and knowing that this COVID-19 is temporary. And we have talked so many things about how to handle, manage stress, uncertainty during COVID-19. It is going to end for sure. So how can our life or how will our life will change when COVID-19 gets over? Because we are used to sitting in our home we are kind of used to working from home this is a new normal for us but this is a new pattern this has become a habit for us now and going back to work will be a new habit so there is going to be some transition time so what's your opinion on that yeah it's an interesting question because at the moment we are completely focused on COVID-19 and that's where we are it's interesting because a lot of people are saying to me what about the future and when you're going through a crisis, it's sometimes quite difficult to think about what's going to happen next because you're right in the middle of the crisis. But let's just say, let, let's address our mind to it at this moment. It could be that the, the old way of life and how we were working may not be the same in the future. It may not be the same. I don't think necessarily, there may be situations where you just bounce back into the office, maybe, but let's think about it. You bounce back into the office, you may go back to the office. Some people would have died. Some people will still be sick. Who's doing whose job? So that all has to be negotiated. There may be, that's first of all. Then number two, there may be companies who will not, who may not be able to afford to have offices anymore. They've seen how they can actually manage their companies 
with their employees working from home. So they may say, do you know something? That's what we're going to do. So you may find there are more offices to, to, be, to be rented out and people will start working from home. There will be different jobs and different job titles and different needs from the organization. What the organization needed from you before may not be the same as what the organization needs from you today. So you need to be flexible, you need to be agile, you need to be thinking on your feet, and you really do have to be forward thinking. You have to be forward thinking and actually be able to think outside of the box. Be creative, because the new way forward are going to need people who are flexible, who are creative, who are able to go the extra mile, but who are able to maybe not do things as they were, but are open to doing things how they are today. The thinking outside the box is going to be very important. If they do that, then they need to think of which gap are they filling? So where you have the business and the gap they were filling before, that gap may no longer be there. It may be a different gap. So what gap can you actually fill? I don't know, but it's actually up to everybody to think what is the gap that they can fill. If they do that and they have that flexibility, as I said, and that open-mindedness open -mindedness, and that creativity and that thinking outside of the box, then they're the people who will have, have the edge over their competitors. So whereas today, over the last few weeks, the people that have been successful have been the people who've managed to get themselves together and manage the times of change and uncertainty. Now we have to become, when we come to an end of this, we now have to think of how is the world going to look? We don't know how the world is going to look, but one thing for sure is it's going to be different. Doesn't mean everything's going to change, but things may be different. They'll be different because the business needs may be different, but here's the, the however. However, they'll be different because we ourselves are different. However long this lasts, whether it's one month, two months, three months, we don't know, but we will not be the same people we were as we, we're not gonna be the same people today as we were all those months ago because we've learned more. We've pushed ourselves up that resilience curve. We've managed to tap into that inner strength we're not the same. We're absolutely not the same as we were. So in fact, we could have more to offer than we did before. And majority of the population has become resilient and they are getting better version of themselves. So I'm, I'm sure they will be able to adapt to the new circumstances, whatever it happens to be. And it will take some time because these are two ends of a pendulum. Now we are facing the worst. So getting to the other side of the pendulum will take some time. But it will get back to normal. This is another recession in terms of economy and everything. And the positive side could be that we have more and more time to spend with our loved ones. You know, and when maybe we go yes. I would say maybe yes, maybe no. There may be greater expectations on us, which maybe before we thought we couldn't achieve. And now maybe we think we can achieve those. So it all depends on so many different factors. It actually, at the end of the day, you know, Nishan, it depends on us. It depends on who we are, how we adapt. If we are totally, totally intransigent, that's going to be a problem. That's really going to be a problem because you need to have that flexibility. 
You need to be the, the stick that's able to bend with the wind rather than to be so, so brittle that it breaks. We yeah. need to be able to go with the flow because we don't know what that flow is going to be like. But it sure I'll is. I'll show you one book. The book that I go after. The, the, the Magic, magic of, of Thinking Big. Yeah. Have you heard yeah. of this book? I have. I have. This is very simple, plain book, but the principles are very deep. If we can apply that in our daily lives, how we think, the magic of thinking big. And it all comes from our creativity, being in silent. You and know, also, you know, what's, in, what's interesting is, is that the, the thinking, this, if for nothing else, COVID-19 has given us time for thinking and for pausing for reflection. So to pause for reflection, maybe we need to do a reset. Maybe not on the world, maybe it is, I don't know, but maybe we need to do a reset on ourselves. Maybe we have to think of what's actually really important to me. Because what was important to me in February is not as important to me now in July. And that's what I mean by saying we are, we go, we are different people because we have different values now. We have different, different thinkings and different moments of like, I can do something, what's important to me? My family, my friends are the most important. And whether I rush on a plane here and rush on a plane there to go to another country for another meeting, do you know something? Zoom does very, very well, and I can cut all of that. So the quality of people's lives can improve, and we've shown that it can. From the United States to London, we can do these. We've had this series. It's been a great series to do. We've managed it. It's, we've managed it. No problem. It's just actually couldn't have been any easier. Now, why would I want to go or you want to go on a plane journey and all that goes with it in order that we can communicate? We have learned and COVID-19 has taught us, this period of time has taught us that we can communicate and we can collaborate. We can do that remotely and it works. Of course, it's lovely to see people face to face. COVID-19 has taught me to be on the videos. I always used to run away from videos. But you see, you've, you know, you've got up that learning curve. I, I hadn't touched Zoom before this period of time. Hadn't touched it. And I always thought to myself, yeah, you know something? One day I shall do a Zoom call. Well, do you know something else? All of a sudden I'm in it. I'm in it. I can <laughs> do it. I can run a PowerPoint. I can do breakout rooms. It's done something very simple. Now, one thing is this. It has taken, it's forced me. It's forced me out of my comfort zone. And that's actually been very good for me. But it's also shown me I don't have to go to meetings to London or Manchester or Liverpool in order to talk to a prospective client. Do you know something else? This works absolutely fine. So realistically, we've actually bought ourselves back time because of technology. So instead of fearing technology, and I know many people still do, but a lot of people don't. The people who say to me, I never would touch it, but now. Hello. And those things on all of our agendas that you think, I'd like to do it, but I'm not sure I'm going to. This period of time has made sure we have to do it. Great, Carol. Great. And it's been a great conversation so far. So do you have anything for our listeners? Because this is... Anything. Anything you want to share, any advice, any recommendation, anything. The floor is open. <laughs> okay. All right. I would... Let's just try and think of something. Um... I can recommend a book called Man's Search for Meaning. God, the title, the man's name's just gone out of my head. Victor, Victor, Franklin. Victor, Victor Franklin. Frankl. Victor Frankl. Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. He was a man who survived the concentration camps 
And it is the learning that came out of that and how he managed to come out of that. And I think if you can survive that, you can more or less survive anything. It's actually the power behind and the mission, the vision that he had and the belief that he had in order to do that. So pick up his videos, listen to him. I was listening to him the other day because I've read that book several times and given it to many clients. I would say that's the one book that really has, has left a, a marked impression on me of survival. Survival, coming out the other side of it. He died in his 80s and he's somebody that you can only sit back and stand back and admire. And one of the regrets that I had my in myself, one of the regrets I had was that I never actually met him. And I should have met him because I've read his book so many times and I should have gone to the States and I should, should have met him. I would say, find who your tribe are. Find out who your tribe are, whether it's people that write, do book, who, who, who um, give podcasts, whether it's authors, whether it's your friends. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode today. I hope you learned from this episode that you can apply in your life. If you did enjoy this, please subscribe to the podcast, The Nishan Garg Show on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe to the show through my website, https colon slash slash nishangarg.me N-I-S-H-A-N-T-G-A-R-G dot me. You can also share this podcast with your family and friends or whoever want to feel fulfilled. And thank you so much again.